You may have seen in a video or in real life a cat or a dog standing in front of a mirror and every time they see the reflection in the mirror these animals typically get an impression that the reflection on the mirror is another cat and these animals have tendency to attack or bark or show aggression toward their own reflection. Now, this is, we might laugh when we see a video like this or when we see in real life, it's amusing. But what if humans have the same tendency? We respond to some of our thoughts as it's so real, as if it's happening in the real time. And we may act in the same instinct way like these animals. We attack these thoughts. We attack these ideas as if they are real. There's a term in psychology, particularly in acceptance and commitment therapy, called cognitive fusion. Cognitive fusion is a false impression about our thoughts that they are real. The thoughts are as equal to our action. So we get those impression. Now, this also ties with a story that happened to me probably about eight years ago. I was teaching mindfulness meditation sessions every week on Fridays. I had a regular student who, were, who was attending my class for a long time. He came to me and shared a story. I practice mindfulness, start with the relaxation, then do a little bit of breathing and brief walking meditation. And I normally closed with a brief loving kindness session. And this person walks to me, I'll call him Sam. Sam comes to me and he talked, he mentioned to me that every time I do loving kindness, I try to be inclusive, but there is this one guy I still have hard time expressing loving kindness to. And he shared a story. This person, Sam's, uh, not a friend, but somebody he knew a uh, few years back, about six, seven years back, had a deal with him. He was supposed to buy a property and the, this person was supposed to help him purchase that property. And Sam was all ready to do the deal. However, on the in the last minute, he was called and asked that the deal was canceled because someone else paid more money. And... Sam had strong anger, aversion toward this broker, so to speak. And he continued to um, keep this strong aggression, strong, you know, emotional um, anger or hatred toward this person. And what took me by surprise was that uh, Sam also told me about a few months ago, he heard about this broker's death he already passed away and when he learned about the person's death it already had been elapsed about close to a year time but sam continued to harvest continued to cultivate this hatred toward this person who's already dead now this might not be a unique story to us sometime we all have similar attitude toward 
certain people, despite how much they have changed. And we continue to live in this impression that whatever we believe about the person is true, just like the animal who see their own reflection and attack. We have this cognitive fusion. We continue to hang on to this strong uh, negative thoughts, negative attitude toward these individuals. And same thing happened during the Buddha's time. So it's not just a recent uh, human experience. Uh, there was a man called Angulimala. It's a long story. He was a murderer before he became a monk. And after he became a monk, he turned into a noble uh, monk or bhikkhu. And he was able to show the utter compassion toward any living beings. Before his transformation, within this same life, he was a murderer. He killed young, innocent, and random people to fulfill his need. Now, if somebody knew Angulimala, the guy who was a murderer before uh, he was a monk, definitely they must have a lot of hatred toward him. But within the same life, he found the path and he transformed himself to a noble person. Now, the person who used to hate him, if didn't learn that Angulimala has changed into a noble person, we continue to hate the same person that we knew. And we have those kind of people in our life. Some misunderstanding happens. We continue to hold on to those thoughts. And it's a single thought when it starts. And we tend to make so many copies of these negative thoughts and continue to multiply make it a big stack of, a uh, big pile of that negative thought, makes it heavier. So the reason I added this uh, session is that we have this tendency to react like those animals with false impression that the reflection is not yours, but someone else's. We have this tendency to have cognitive fusion, thinking that just Having these ideas or thoughts or beliefs that we hold about other people is as real as they are doing all of those activities. Sam had a false impression to some extent. He didn't know why the deal didn't happen. Despite his lack of knowledge, he continued to hate even after the person was dead. It should be pretty hard for Sam to process. And that's what he shared with me. And somebody to hate Angulimala before and after his transformation would be hurtful. That you might feel ashamed, like, wow, I've been holding on to these thoughts for so long. So all these challenges can be uh, sort of attacked by this loving kindness. It's an attitude. In Buddhism, we call Brahma Vihara. It's a sublime attitude or noble attitude toward yourself, others, and all living beings. And it's an attitude that help not those other living beings, but yourself, not to hold on to any of these negative thoughts too long to the point that it starts affecting your well-being. Now, human nature is not forgiving. Um, I, 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 you might be able to do some research on evolutionary psychology or evolutionary theories that humans are designed to revenge. Humans are you know, hardwired to have this vengeance toward any threat to their survival. Therefore, forgiving is, it's not innate or it's natural. What is innate is taking, you know, counteraction. 
Now, loving kindness is very counterintuitive in from that perspective. We have to have this attitude, not, not only about others, even toward yourself. People get to the point, not a, not a secret, not a, you know, somebody, uh, somebody's secret knowledge. People get to the point that they want to hurt themselves and they don't forgive themselves. And that's why we have, especially in the youth, uh, suicide as the second leading cause of death, an unnatural cause of death in the United States. And that must be the case for most of the countries. Why do we hate ourselves to the point that we, we want to kill ourselves? Well, that lack of forgiveness, change in this attitude, we believe about ourselves. And those false impression, that faulty thinking, cognitive fusion takes to the point that you end your valuable life. Now, we can attack that by a brief practice of loving kindness. We try to show that love and care to ourselves, and we learn to develop this attitude, this noble attitude of letting go through loving kindness, showing that you're, you're valuable, showing, telling that it's okay to be not okay, it's okay to forgive, and practicing this attitude and try to get out of that false impression, just like the cats and dogs seeing their own reflection. Imagine if they knew, hey, it's just my own reflection. They would not be as aggressive as they were before this knowledge. And same with the cognitive fusion, like Sam did. If he knew that the person was already dead, he might have found some kind of um, consolation for himself to stop you know, uh, cultivating more hatred toward a dead person, no matter how bad he was or she was. And like the Angulimala story, we come to the point that we continue to hold strong hatred toward the person we knew many years back, even the person has changed. So practicing loving kindness will give you this attitude that is called Brahma Vihara or sublime attitude or noble attitude to overcome this very human nature of uh, fighting back or vengeance and replace that with this counterintuitive loving kindness toward yourself and others.